Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us on Ask the Expert North Texas. I'm Kristen Diaz. I'm David Rankin. The fight continues between the state of Texas and the federal government over the border. The latest, the lieutenant governor says the state's going to keep putting in the razor wire, even if the feds keep cutting it down. This goes in spite of the ruling from the Supreme Court on today's Ask the Expert. We're joined by Mark Jones. He's a political science professor at Rice University. He is in the KRLD Zoom room. Mark, thank you so much for the time. No, it's my pleasure. How how far can this thing go, this fight between the feds and the state? Well, I think if Greg Abbott and Dan Patrick had their way, it would go on until at least November of 2024 and the presidential election and congressional elections, because this is a winning issue for Texas Republicans and it's a win- losing issue for Democrats, both here in Texas as well as nationally. It can go on until effectively uh, one of the sides gives up. Texas isn't going to give up. I don't think the Biden administration is. So it may go back to the Supreme Court at some point where they'll have to make the final decision of how far Texas can go and how far the federal government can go. What other does this is this reminiscent to any other arguments that they've had against the Supreme, the Texas Supreme Court of where they just haven't agreed and they still kind of take their own, their own path? Uh, Well, I think what's happened here is that the Supreme Court has not been definitive. That is, their ruling was in some ways wishy-washy. They said that the Border Patrol could cut down the razor wire, but they didn't say that Texas couldn't put it right back up. And they also were vague about uh, Texas having to provide access to the Border Patrol at to, to the park there in Eagle Pass to actually cut it. Uh, so until the Supreme Court, and I suspect the reason for that was it was a five to four ruling the Supreme Court. And probably the only way that Amy Coney Barrett was brought over to the five side was by being that vague. And so as a result, it, it may go back and the Supreme Court may not have the votes to effectively force Texas to stand down. And it's really a bad look for the Biden administration because nationally only about one in five Americans approves of the Biden administration's handling of the border, the border and border security. And the, the look here is that in spite of the crisis at the border, the, the millions of people who are coming across each year in an, uh, in an illegal or undocumented way, the Biden administration would sort of from a, a figure or I guess a uh, descriptive point of view would be seen as cutting razor wire. That is making it easier for people to cross over. And that's probably not something that Biden needs if he's going to be successful in his reelection efforts, definitely in Texas, but also in key battleground states like Pennsylvania, Michigan, Arizona, and North Carolina. 
I can see it's affecting Arizona because it's right along the border. But aside from the fact that the governor is sending people to New York, Chicago, Denver, etc., how does the border issue really affect people in Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania? Well, if you, it, a lot of it is perception. That is, if you ask people in polls, the top issue or one of the top issues they point to, especially on the Republican side, is immigration. There were exit polls in New Hampshire, which is about a, as far away from the uh, U.S.-Mexico border as you can get. Uh, the top issue there, along with the economy, was immigration. That is, people see this as a national crisis. They see it both in terms of the large number of people coming across uh, in an unlawful way, and then they also view it at, at a second level as a public safety issue in terms of if the borders this open for all of these people who are crossing, sort of seeking refuge, what about for potential terrorists? What about for people bringing fentanyl and other drugs in? So I think it's a whole, it's, there's a whole perception that the Biden administration has essentially let things get out of hand. And Governor Abbott, by sending people up to the northern cities, as well as people migrating there on their own, that is the federal government flies far more people to New York and Boston and Chicago than Texas sends up via bus or plane. Once they get there, though, uh, they're facts on land and there are things that people see on a daily basis. There's the case in New York where uh, students were because the, they were being housed or in tents on a, at a field. Uh, they were brought into a public school for when it got really cold there. But then you had all the news stories on students not being able to go to school because there were immigrants in their schoolrooms and classrooms. This is going to continue to be a back and forth situation, or you said until we get some clarity, how long could that take? Well, I think you know, Republicans have every incentive to keep this issue at, on the front burner at the top of the news cycle from now until November, because it's an issue that unites the Republican Party. We recently did a survey. More than 90% of people who intend to vote for Donald Trump strongly support Governor Abbott's policies at the border, and one in four Democrats does as well. So you have a united Republican base mobilized behind this issue, and you have a divided Democratic Party party, uh, some of whom believe Biden's not doing enough, about one quarter, about a quarter of whom believe he's doing too much, that is, and then another group who's just simply unhappy. So only about you know one in five Americans, almost all Democrats, are happy with the way Biden is handling the border. That's a bad issue for you, and Republicans would much rather that we be talking about immigration than issues where they have a weaker flank, things like abortion or gun control, or even in some ways the economy, which is getting better with each passing month. Well, let's talk about the the supposed bipartisan deal that's making its way through the Senate that the Speaker of the House says is dead on arrival. If there's a deal in the works to fix something, how much of this is just the political nature of things in a presidential year? Well, that, the deal is in the Senate, uh, but it doesn't have the votes in the House. Uh, the difficulty is that the only way you're going to get anything through the Senate and the House is by compromise. And right now, neither side is in really much of a mood to compromise. And Republicans are especially not in the mood to compromise on immigration because they don't trust the Biden administration. And also, they don't want to pull off the sort of, uh, sort of top of the news cycle what's their best issue and have it be replaced by something like gun control or abortion, which is a more problematic issue for Republicans because they're, while they're on, the, while the Republican position has majority support nationwide on immigration and border security, that's not the case with gun control or abortion. 
Going back to, you mentioned you had just done a poll uh, with the University of Houston, their hobby school of public affairs. Um, it was released today. And you took a, you were taking a look uh, at the lead uh, between Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. What was the most, what was the most um, surprising part of that, of that poll for you? Well, I think it's the sort of overwhelming support that Donald Trump has, 80% for him versus 19% for Nikki Haley. And the fact that you saw that across pretty much every single demographic, uh, overwhelming support for President Tr former President Trump, even the best groups for Nikki Haley, independents and Republicans with a college or postgraduate degree still support Donald Trump by a two to one margin. Mark Jones from Rice University. Mark, thank you so much for the time. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Yes, you'll be glad you did.